Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Today, it's an unusual podcast, a victory one. So the voice of the Washington football team, Graham Weinstein and I, discuss why Washington or how Washington pulled off the shocking upset over Tampa Bay. What does this win mean? Well, clearly it means a lot. We get into all that. Plus, we talk about the loss of defensive end Chase Young. News wasn't good. And we touch on Sam Huff's death at the end as well. You can follow Bram on Twitter at RealBramW, and you can read my work on ESPN.com. I'll have a story up Monday about that final 10-minute and 26-second drive, a thing of beauty, the best drive I've seen in a long, long, long time, what went into it and what it meant and what it symbolized about the game. And we'll say, and Bram and I get into this, this is one of the most complete wins I've seen them have over a good team in quite a while. Washington controlled this game. Was it a one-game mirage or the start of something? Impossible to know until we see what happens next week. In this sport, it's always about what you do next, whether a play, a game, or a season. But if the defense keeps playing this way and how it has been progressing in recent weeks, then Washington has a chance to finish strong. But what it all means, stay tuned. And with that, here's my conversation with the voice of the Washington football team, Graham Weinstein. Bram, this is not what I think you or I expected. I don't think that's what anybody expected. And there's something else. Just before we started recording this, you just said something that I think is important. What did you just tell me? There was nothing lucky about that. Right. Nothing. They, they, that was, that was the, at least today, the better team won. They were, they were tough. Their game plan defensively was outstanding. They made Brady earn everything. They caught a couple of breaks with the first interception and a drop pass here or there. But overall, go look at the box score and it'll tell you everything you need to know. They were dominant today, both sides of the ball. They had a 10-plus minute drive in the fourth quarter against a Super Bowl defense. That was incredible. Incredible, incredible win today. And even like the first turnover, those were forced. The first play was yeah. a big hit by Cam Curl. The second one, it's really good coverage and recognition by both Cole Holcomb and then Bobby McCain. I mean, it was an yeah. it was a it was an easy pick from McCain. He dropped one like that, and everybody got it here. But it was because he's in the right spot, and because Cole Holcomb. First of all, there was some pressure, and then Cole Holcomb squeezed Mike Evans. There was nowhere for him to throw the ball. No, I mean it, it, defensively, it's not even close how this is their best game of the year. I mean, it's not even remotely close. And, you know, look, like when they gave up the, you know, the late field goal at the first half, I went, that's going to haunt them. Yeah. And then when they got within three in the third quarter, I said, well, you know, listen, this is a great effort. <laughs> you know, you can just feel it. Like it's right. going to go the wrong way. It's going to go the wrong way. And it didn't. And that fourth quarter drive. Oh man. I mean, that's as good as it gets. I, I think they deserve a lot of credit for – that's a very hard team to run on. They were very hard to run on today. They didn't stop running on them. They knew it was, it was going to be an enemy for them behind, that they could play clock, and they did break off a couple of them. I love the game plan, and defensively, they were just, frankly, outstanding across the board. They gave up one big play, and honestly, if you rewatch that big play, Kendall Fuller – has every reason in the world to be angry that there was no penalty called on that play. 
what, what's, what's amazing to me too, and you go, go back to what you said, like they were really good in all facets. And, and that's what surprised me. And I think from coaching to playing to execution to everything except for that one play where, again, like you said, um, but even with, with, the, with the run game, the commitment to stick with it, that's what impressed me because going into it, I think anybody would say that's a, you can't run on it. You, it's a hard team to run against. But they are. I, they are. And, like, you know, Gibson had finished with what? He had 64 yards. But he had a couple of that lost yards that took away down that total. But it was just, again, the commitment to it. And eventually you, you break a couple, nothing really long, but you just were able to sustain drives and, and put yourself in good position. And it, that's, they didn't, you know, Heineke makes plays. I mean, Adam Humphrey makes a great diving catch on that third down late. There were big plays all over the place. So they really, this was as good a win as I've seen them have in a long time. Even like you go back to last year in Pittsburgh, they were behind the neck and they came back. It was a great comeback, but yeah. it wasn't like they played great all game. This was the best, um, you know, wire-to-wire game that they've had in a long time. Yeah, this was the best game they've played in the Ron Rivera era. I mean, even of all the wins a year ago, most of it was, and they, were, you know, they showed a lot of resilience and fortitude and all that stuff, but this was the best, you know, front-to-end game. They had a three-and-out in the opening drive. Like, they give up points to everybody on an opening drive. Yeah. They had a lead. They never trailed. Like, when things got tight, when things got close, they closed the door on them. They kept responding. And here's the part I think it was really, really, really impressive. Like, it wasn't that Tampa Bay didn't come to play or they took them, didn't take them seriously or trapped them or any of that stuff. That was as hard-hitting a game as I've seen them involved in in a while. That was that was a violent game today. It was yeah. a really <laughs> violent game today. Tampa Bay was off a bye. They came to play. They went blow to blow with them. There were serious injuries they had to overcome. I'll tell you what, you know, I, th- I felt like this was in honor of Sam Hoff. He would have loved this game, that they won a game that was a heavyweight fight like that. Yes, and I think, you know, it's funny because Antonio Gibson did say that, that that was the most physical game he's been in, period. So, it was violent. Know, yeah. It was so and, violent. The hit and, up McLaurin taking that hit over the middle, getting up, pounding his chest. Sheriff goes out, comes back in. McLaurin went out, came back in. They lose Chase Young. There was Ricky Seals Jones is out. Now they don't really have a tight end target anymore. They still figured out a way to overcome it. And, you know, yeah, they had trouble running the ball. Everybody has trouble running the ball. And then their front is ridiculous. Devin White is a monster. Yeah, and they, that's just, a good they stuck with it. They stuck with it, stuck with it, stuck with it. This was this was the most impressive win of Rivera's era, I think, by far and not by far. By far. And you know what impressed me too? And there's a there were a ton of big plays. I mean, Terry's catch on that one where he just gets destroyed after he already left the game with a collarbone injury was, was really, that's a guy who just, you, you say, what is, what's the definition of somebody who wants it? It's that play. And it's, and again, I go back to Humphrey's, excuse me, diving catch. It's that play. It's Antonio Gibson's touchdown run where he just bowls through with this big pileup where you think he stopped and he just kept going and going. And it was a short, short run, but it was a huge run. And it was because of just a will. And I think I haven't seen this team with that kind of a will in a while. And then you look at Heineke, Bram, is 26 for 32, 256, and a touchdown. And it's funny because this is the first team that he's faced twice now um, in his career since he's been in Washington. And it's a team that, you know, you could say, well, they didn't know him last year in the playoffs. He played better today than he did in that game. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, there are things I'm surprised by. I'm surprised the defense played as well as it did. 
I, I am, you know, like, because they just haven't, I had hoped they would play this way all year, but because they just hadn't done it, you know, my expectations were lowered. I'm, I was at the point where I'm like, I know you're better than this, but you got to show me with Heineke. I'll tell you what, like all the people, I think we talked about this last time, all the people that were saying things like they should bench him. My gut after the Denver game was it's not his fault. Like he's not, he's not playing poorly. He's not making bad decisions. Maybe the execution in the red zone could be better. You could throw some of that on him for sure. But like, I don't think that this was on him. And honestly, I'd rather see it out with him because I think there's an upside with him that we just, we don't have the answer to yet. And I feel really good for him. Like this is a really impressive, impressive notch for him. And um, you know- it is the first really incredible win of his career. He just beat Tom Brady. There was nothing lucky about it. He led the offense for them. There was, you mentioned that like the McLaurin throw was great. The Gibson stuff was tough. He looked better. Like this is one of the things too. I know you saw this too. He looked way better in practice this past week than he had in weeks before. I think the bye week came at the right time for him to help him heal up a little bit. I think yes. he needed it. He looked better. Yeah. But like the other thing was there was there was a throw where Devin White got a free rush on him. He's backpedaling and he hits Gibson. And it's just the five-yard play, but it kept the drive going. And it was like he had to make a quick decision. He got sacked five times. He still kept getting up. He was awesome today. He was yeah. absolutely awesome today. Well, you know what I like too? It's the resiliency because they had a, they, it's not like they didn't have negative plays and it's not like they weren't tested. It wasn't like everything went swimmingly for them start to finish. And that's what impressed me. So you have like John Bates comes out and almost fumbles the ball. Now it was ruled correctly that it wasn't a fumble, but it's also something to get in somebody's head. And then later in a key spot, Heineke comes to him. I think it was on a third down over the middle. Then you have, you know, you have Dax Milne fumbling the ball. And they give up a touchdown, and they respond with a ten and a half minute drive. You know the I William know. Jackson play a few weeks ago. That's a killer. But you know, going back with Taylor against Green Bay and Denver, two very good defenses. Well, and Green Bay was banged up, but they're still a good defense. And and Denver's a good defense, and he, they did move the ball, and he moved, and he threw it well between the twenties, where he struggled, yeah. especially against was inside the twenty, and even against Denver, there were a couple throws like if you make a, an accurate throw on this play. It is a big gain in the red zone. It might be a touchdown in the red zone. So, and today he made those throws. The throw to Carter was perfect. You know, that was a really they, nice throw and a good They lead. were right there in Denver. They were right there in Green Bay. Honestly, they were right there. Last week in Denver, they, or two weeks ago, they outgained the Broncos and lost. That is the ninth time since the start of 2020 that they've outgained somebody and lost a game. That is by far the most in the NFL. So, like, when Rivera was saying things like, we're close, we're close, we're close, I think he believed it, and there are some things behind it that are there. He's just saying it's this or it's that or it's youth and inexperience here or it's bad timing there, and I think he's right about a lot of it. If the defense plays like it did today, right, right. they and, made Tom Brady earn everything today. He, had he looked uncomfortable. One, one he looked, ball. They moved he looked uncomfortable. They had him make mistakes. He threw a couple of crazy incompletions. The, yeah. the McCain pick was an overthrow. Sure, they got lucky on the first interception, whatever. But, like, you know, it was a good hit by Curl. Tom Brady was not beating them today. They, no, and- they handled him. He had to earn everything that he did. Collectively, this was by far their best performance defensively. And what, what I also liked, in addition to that, 
And one of the things when you'd watch Tampa, I'm sure you saw this too, you watch Tampa on film, they're going to do a lot of underneath stuff and they get yards after the catch from it. And I thought they did an excellent job today at swarming on, you know, the linebackers call Holcomb a few times and swarming the ball on some of those short throws. So if, yes. if Leonard Fournette got it, then they were very, very short tacklers or they were getting guys gang tackling. And that was, that was a, to me, a major key for that because that's what Tampa was going to do um, is try and work down the field that way. Typically that's what they do. So, yeah. um, you know, I thought that was a that was another big key. I, you know, and I don't want to make, listen, they're three and six and they, to really to, to make this game really matter, you have to build off it, right? And just like last year, you beat Pittsburgh, or you beat actually it was Cincinnati, Dallas, then Pittsburgh, but you got to build off a win to make it worth, worth something. And I do, but I think the, the key here is that we've seen signs the last few weeks of a game where you feel like, you know, this part is coming along and that part is coming along. And I think today we saw that. Now, again, what, what they do next week, we'll see. But yeah. it was a culmination, I think, to a degree, of a lot of, of things that we have been seeing. And you know, the other thing, Graham, for the second game in a row, they kept an offense under 300 yards. Yes. 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 And this is a real one today. I mean, this is a real one that they did yeah. that with today. Yeah. So, look, I think there's a lot of good things here. I mean, it needs – like, I wish they won the Denver game or the New Orleans game. I think I'd be feeling like you – very differently about their prospects if they were four and five as opposed to three and six and they won either one of those games right and they were both extremely winnable they'd be right there their schedule has been very 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 difficult this was the fourth time they played a team that as of coming into today was top seven in defense they're playing with their backup quarterback sheriff's been out a month logan thomas been out a month mclaurin's been banged up gibson's been banged up and they're hanging in there they're hanging in there and I appreciate that. And then today's a good validation win. But I'm like you, you know, they got they got to win a bunch of games in a row. Like yeah, you've got to build up. In the second half of the season last year. And then then I'll feel differently about where the season ends up. And it is crazy. It doesn't get any easier. I mean, all of a sudden, Carolina's got Cam Newton. So they played a multiple MVP today. They're going to play a former MVP next week. They're going to play a former MVP the week after that. Then they're going to get the Raiders, who are at least playing well right now. Then they're going to get Dak, who – all things being equal to the NFC right now might be the MVP of the NFC. So <laughs> they got, it doesn't get any easier. I mean, it's going right. to a lot. It, it's going to remain really, really difficult, but if they play like they did today, you know, consistently, I think they're going to get a lot more results that they're looking for. Well, and as we talk, Carolina's up by 20 on Arizona and Arizona without Kyler Murray and Hopkins and all that, but still, um, but to, to, to that point, and I think this is one thing we've, talked about and I know I've been preaching this is the one thing I want to see is this defense really stepping up because if you see that then you can say going forward you have that then then you know what you have there like you thought you had it and then it, you weren't sure and then you can if you can end this season saying the defense is there now it's going to be a little bit harder without Chase Young and we're we're going to get to him in a minute and you know obviously Montez sweat out for a little bit but if you can if they can really have a good finish then you can feel solid about that side of the ball even more so than last year because they would have been much more tested this year and they would have responded so that's to me a big big thing as much as you obviously want the wins but they are still banged up in so many places that it's going to be hard to get a lot of them but yeah, if you can finish with that defense looking really good then you can feel like okay it may be, maybe it is still going in the right direction 
I mean, speaking of Chase, because I want to get to him, and it does look, as we record this, the fear is torn ACL, which would obviously mean he's done for the season, which would be a huge blow. And whatever anybody says about how he's playing, and he wasn't playing the way that everybody wanted him to, himself included, but the one thing he did do is he commanded attention. And he's a big athletic guy that you felt like if you can do X, Y, or Z, you're going to have a good finish because the talent is there. What kind of loss is that for them, Bram? I think it's huge. I mean, I do. I know, like, and I, I don't want to hear anybody. Well, he was out of there, and they played well. Now, like, you, you don't. I don't think you just replace guys like that long term over a period of time. Like, right. You don't. Like he, I, I was talking to the coaching staff in the middle of the week, and I was asking them, as everybody was, about you know he got a lot of heat this week, and I think some of it is deserved, and I thought some of it was you know not deserved. And I talked to the coaches about him and one of them gave me a stat that really stood out to me. And they said, let me tell you about what's going on with him this year. They Double said, teams and third, chips. Yep. They said third and 10 to seven, third and seven to 10. Yeah. yeah. Third and seven to 10 or longer. They're chipping him 57% of the time. Yep. Was, the league average on people is 30%, which means double the amount of time they're going after him. Why? They're scared of him. Right. They know he can change a game. They're, they're giving him a tremendous amount of attention because they know what kind of game, what kind of game changing player he is. And that really, I thought put into perspective, is he having a bad year or is he getting so much attention and he doesn't know how to handle it yet. And I think that was their point. He hasn't learned how to handle some of this stuff yet to get to the point where he's going to produce no matter what somebody does to him. Cause I'm going to guess TJ Watt gets this too. Or Miles Garrett gets this too, or other great pass rushers get this, but he's in that class is what he, they're saying. And he is not effective because it's working. So that, I think their whole point was what he's not as a finished product. And we're trying to get through to him that these are what people are doing to you. And this is what you need to do to win against it, no matter what. And unfortunately we're not going to see it, you know, for the rest of the year, I would assume. And I think that's unfortunate. And I do think it's a big loss yeah. and couple that with sweat being out at the same time. And you're like, look, like, it's not that I don't have some confidence in James Smith Williams or two Hill or, you know, uh, whoever else they shock a Tony, whoever else they put out there. It's not those guys. Those are their first round pick studs. Right. So, you know, like they're going to have to figure out this is where, the, you know, we're going to find out what Jack Del Rio's made of over the next month, two months. You got some stuff you could draw up with the rest of the defense to get some pressure without those guys because it's going to be interesting without them. With Chase, and one of the things, and we had him on the podcast last week for a couple minutes, but one of the things I did talk to him about is the chippers. And he said one of the things, because when you're last year, he did get double teams, but he wasn't always getting chipped as much as he is now. And what happens is you, you're coming from different angles. It's not always a guy right up on the line, right next to him. Sometimes it's a back coming up and doing it. Sometimes the tight end's there. And what he was saying is that he didn't always know when someone's going to chip him. So he wasn't playing a court, you know, playing it the right way because he wasn't sure. And I think all that stuff was kind of messing with his head a little bit. And so, you know, he, clearly he and Montez are very, very talented. And you want those kind of guys in the field because with Chase Young, he could change a game at any time. Now, he hadn't yet. But, the, but they knew it was there because they saw it last year. The other thing they miss with him is the energy because he does provide energy and he is a leader for them. And so I think yeah. that's something that's that's why, you know, he comes back on the field in the second half. And I don't know if it's the best place to be on crutches on the sidelines during a game, but 
he's also a guy that does want to provide that energy. And so he did, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons he was out there. So, you yeah, know, I mean, of all, listen, there's a lot of things you can complain about with him, but the one thing that I didn't want to hear was it's not for a lack of effort. It's not for a lack of energy. It's not for a lack of belief in his team. It's not for a lack of this mattering to him. None of that is a problem, but like, does he need to get more skilled to become, you know, the type of person we think he's going to be on a weekly, yearly basis? Yes, he does. Unfortunately, we're going to have to wait till next year, probably, to see how that manifests. And then, you know, he's tearing his ACL if that's what happened in November. So when is he practicing again? I don't know. You know, like it's going to be a while, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, it will. And, you know, speaking of ways that you can do things with Del Rio, the one thing that they do have is with that three safety set, you know, safety slash linebacker with, with Landon Collins, because he still does play some safety roles. But what you do have, and Cam Curl was talking about this after the game, and, and it's something that you've seen a lot, both those guys can blitz. So they're going to have to try and create more pressure than they yes. were before. Maybe some more – they have been running some more games, maybe do a little bit more of that, involving some of the linebackers a little bit more with that, and, and getting creative because it, you, you're just you're, – you're losing two guys who not – again, the sack totals weren't there. And to me, the consistent pressures weren't there, but the attention was there. And so, and then you can play off that attention. You could send a blitz off of a Chase Young side because you knew who's going to get two guys, and that might free a landing count. So you're going to have to do be creative to to really compensate for that. Um, and that's why I wonder, like, what this, what can they build off with this win? I, and I think they will. I think the confidence is real, and you could feel it with these guys afterwards. Listening to them in the post game. They, they felt like this wasn't a fluke. This is, they felt like this is something they were building toward. So now I'm really curious to see how do they build on this? Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I want to go back to what we were originally talking about, which is, you know, last year when they were two and seven and turned it around, I saw it. I could see it on the field. I, I was watching it going, they keep playing like this. It's going to start going their way. It's going to start going their way. It's going to start going their way. I could feel it. I hadn't seen that here. And, you know, when you haven't seen it, the concern is, okay, until you prove otherwise, I need to know that you guys are still in this thing. Right. And um, today was, I more than anything for me, and I think probably for Rivera and really anybody in that building, a huge relief. Yeah, like yeah. Huge relief. The, you know, like the win is incredible. The way they won is incredible. But I think just the fact that we now know that they were not collectively calling this a lost cause for whatever reason they would come up with to call it that is a humongous relief to me because I got to be honest, I wasn't sure what we were going to get today uh, at all, you know, at all. Yeah. And, and I think you could tell it to me, I could tell early on, I felt like they were going to be in this all, for a while. Just, you know, that I thought I liked the way the defense was coming out. I didn't like that they didn't convert on one of those um, – the, the great field position early without getting just two field goals. But, you know, I think that third one really kind of gave them the momentum, getting up 13 nothing. Um, so, you know, I, I like, like I said, I like the confidence that you hear. I think what they needed as much as anything, Bram, was validation because you can sit there and say, I think we're going in the right way. I think we're doing this. But you need validation at some point to say, oh, okay, this is what it looks like when, you, when we do this. And the players yeah. needed that. And I, and I, you know, I would say, I think I don't, this is, this is not a finished product by any means, 
And no. it may be that they end up, who knows how many more wins they'll get. But what it shows you is, okay, they are capable of this. This is a different year. Dallas is too far ahead of them. They're not going to win the division. You know, like the only hope they have is to try to steal like one of the last wild card spots. And that's if they'd have to go on a run just to do that. You know, so it is a different kind of year. The margin for error is way, 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 you know, much more thin than it was a year ago. But I think for all of us just to feel like, you know, I think I was starting to get nervous that we're going back to square one again. And, you know, this was a good win. And then there's all these little things that these guys probably don't pay attention to, but we do and they shouldn't care about, but I know are meaningful. Tom Brady off a of bye is 15 and four. They don't lose a lot off a of bye. He has had, I looked this up. I almost could not believe this. This guy has not had in his career as a starting quarterback an in-season three-game losing streak. Wow. Not once. Not once. And here he is about to lose his second in a row off a bye. Trust me, that is rare. Like, really, really, really rare. So all of that added up to, I don't know what I'm getting from this team. I know what I'm getting from that guy. Right. Even if they play well, I don't expect the result to be very good. And the fact that I'm walking out of that stadium going, oh, man, we just not only went toe-to-toe with them, but physically beat them in every way was just so satisfying. Really was. There's not much more to be said about that win. Um, But I do want to end on one thing, and that's Sam Huff, who died over the weekend. And we both knew him. And people who have followed him for a long time – what maybe some of you watched him, but a lot of you listened to him. And I'm just curious from Bram, from your thoughts, what, what did, what did getting to know him mean to you? Um, I mean, I'm one of the kids who grew up here, did the famous turn down the TV, turn up the radio, listen to Frank, Sonny and Sam. So for me, Sam and Sonny and Frank, you know, but, but Sam and Sonny from a player perspective or just, you know, the voice of the team, they're the institutions for me. So it was a great privilege of mine, the first go around when I was on the broadcast to be on the sidelines to actually work with them. Um, and that was a real, you know, there's a lot of pinch me moments that I've been very lucky in my career, but that is certainly one of them. Um, and I, want to, I don't want to sit here and pretend I knew Sam really, really well, but I knew him enough. That edge that he had, it was always there. It was always he, there. It was always there. It would, you know, he was the most competitive person you'll ever come across. He also was a really nice man. Yes. He also smart, was like nice, smart man. a major, you could tell why Sonny, everyone loved Sonny and Sam so much because even off the air, they were such people person, you know, yes. like they were really, really, really engaged with people. And, you know, they frankly, like, it's funny because we talk about, and we've spent a lot of time in recent weeks about how this organization is stuck in mired in this and mired in that and can't get out of this and can't get out of that. You know, before Sonny and Sam came to the Washington football team, they were in the midst of decade long runs of not, you know, even when they were here. No winning seasons. Yeah. Yes. No winning seasons. And it wasn't until Vince Lombardi showed up that convinced Sam to come out of retirement that they actually finally turn it around and actually start winning, even with Sonny as the quarterback. Correct. Um for anyone who's spent the amount of time that he spent in our organization, I don't think you could say enough great things about him, you know, and, and um, so I'm very lucky that I got to know him. You know, it's, it's um, you grow up and you want to do this for a living. You never quite know that you'll get to do it, you know, with, with those people that you right. revere. 
and he's one of them. And so I'm, you know, I was sad, obviously today, but God, I was so happy for him. I felt like he was smiling down on this. Not only did they win. This was his kind of game. They, oh my God. This beyond this kind of game, a game where people are knocking the snot out of each other. Go watch the, uh, hey. the, the violent world of Sam Huff. You'll see that in this game today. You'll see it. Well, here's, here's the thing, Bram, both Sonny and Sam would have been have enjoyed oh, yeah. this one because both sides of the ball. So, well, one of the things for me, and I obviously did not grow up here. I grew up in Cleveland as a Browns fan. And, you know, but what I knew was Jim Brown. And what I knew of Jim Brown was his rivalry with Sam Huff. And so there was when FedEx opened, um, they had a day where the media came out. They brought us over here. It was in the spring or something like that. And you could bring your family. And they had a little um, – like a, a gathering or not a gathering, but like a buffet or whatever set up in the, in the lounges or whatever. And my dad got to meet Sam Huff and, you know, he was like, I think that was a huge, my dad was a big time Bronson, but a huge thrill for him to meet Sam Huff because of what he meant to football. And it wasn't just to, you know, it was to New York, it was to Washington, but it was to football, how popular he helped make this sport. And yeah. one of the times for me, and I tweeted this out, but, but I was at a Bobby Mitchell Hall of Fame golf classic dinner one night. And it was an absolute privilege to be there. I was a last minute invitee sitting at a table with Oscar Robertson. It was awesome. Probably maybe not as good for Robertson as it was for me, but it was great. And at one point, all the Hall of Famers, I started getting up and basically praising Bobby Mitchell. But then they start telling stories about other guys and Jim Brown, because like the big thing with Jim Brown was he would lay on the ground if he was getting hit and then, you know, make people wonder if he was hurt. And then he'd get up and go back and run over your, run over your butt for 10 more yards. But he made a joke. He was Sam, the reason I always laid on the ground so long was so you could jump on the pile and get credit for a tackle. And the whole room busted out laughing, but it was great, but it showed the respect between the two. But you knew with Huff that he still thought late in his career, late in his, late in his even as a broadcaster, that he could go out and lay out some people. Because there was one time he's looking at, apparently like in a training camp, he's eyeing up John Riggins, and Riggins looked at him and was like, you're wondering if you can take me down, aren't you? And it was basically, yeah. And, and I, he would do that with guys. He still thought, I'm sure in his 70s, that he could go out there and put some of these guys on their butt. And that's why uh, he was – that's why he was – a lot of fun. And, you know, as, as a broadcaster, as, as you get on there, it was like it was, you know, certainly for you guys can speak to that more than I can. Um, but I just I felt like for me, as someone who loved football, to get to know him at all, he was a legend before, you know, that was it was just it's a cool part of the job to get to meet people like that. Yeah. Uh, CJ, who, who produces our game broadcast, uh, reminded me, I guess Sal Palantonio wrote a book <laughs> yes. some years ago where he called Sam Huff overrated. Yes. And Sam, I'll never forget this guy was on the broadcast at the time. And Sal was covering, it was, you know, it was probably a Giants, Redskins, or Giants, or Eagles, Redskins, you know, because he was always there for those games. And uh, <laughs> Sal was there, and Sam found out Sal was there. And he came out looking for him and actually wanted to beat him up. Wanted to beat up Sal Palatonio for writing he was an overrated linebacker. <laughs> That's fantastic. He was, he was not kidding. He wasn't kidding. He wanted to. You don't you don't make it to where he did without that kind of fire and become the, the violent world of Sam Huff without that. And that's yeah. it's awesome. And it was, you know, um, I hope he's at peace and I'm glad I got to know him just like I know you are. And Bram, we'll see what happens this week if they can build off it. But for today, for now, folks, you can go enjoy a great win. Yep. Thanks. Thanks, thanks Bram. That's it for this episode. 
I'm glad you were able to enjoy one for a change. At least the game. I hope you enjoy all the episodes, but the game and the post-game podcast, I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back with another episode Tuesday night or Wednesday. Talk to you next time.